good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. There's a woman by the name of Janelle Praetor. And she had a vision. She had a vision to, to run her own business. And she loved dessert, so she opened up a dessert shop in Houston, Texas. And it's called the Puttery. And she makes sugary, sweet creations, maybe not the most healthy thing in the world, but I love them. I see I have some fellow persons that agree with me. But publicly, she was sharing the struggles that she was facing. Because she said that some days she maybe only had one or two customers come the whole day. And she didn't know how she was going to pay her bills. She didn't know how she was going to keep going. And she was talking about how she left her really good job to pursue her business. She did this twice. She walked away from what appeared to be a promising career that had, you know, benefits. And, and at one point she said, I, I was dang near homeless. She didn't say dang, but you understand. <laughs> she said she was couch surfing at times, and there were often moments she couldn't even find enough money to put gas in her car. But she was okay with that because she made that choice. It was her decision because she had a dream that in her heart that would not go away. But it looked like that dream was not going to happen. You know, she looked at the, the lack of customers that she had, and although she knew she had a unique and a great tasting desserts, it had reached a point that she had no hope, or at least she felt she didn't, and she began to think that her vision would never, ever happen now. And as she began thinking that way, she began to fill her mind with thoughts that her dream would not come true. But then one day she had a revelation. She had an idea. She decided that she was going to contact a hugely popular online food critic. His name was Keith Lee to, to come to her store and to review her desserts. Now, here's a person who had like 15 million followers on social media. And if he gave you a good review, man, your business would just blow up. But there was a problem. You know, he traveled, he traveled all across the country. And the probability of him being in Houston was small. And the likelihood of showing up at a particular business, hers, was even smaller. Plus, 
He was not a fan of desserts. But Janelle, the pottery owner, reached out to him anyway. And lo and behold, bam, he showed up in Houston. And what he does, he visits places like kind of undercover and, and he'll send his wife or his mom to go pick up the food and then he'll bring it, the food to his car and he'll video himself eating the food as he's giving the review at the same time. Well, to make a long story short, he loved her desserts and he promoted it on his social media platform and the next day people came from miles around. There was a line outside the door, down the block, around the block. Folks stood in the rain. She often ran out of inventory if she had so many customers. But there were so many dessert addicts, I mean, so many dessert eaters, <laughs> flocking to her business. And right after that, of course, there were stories about her business to puttery on local TV stations and the local newspapers, leading to even more customers. And of course, she's a smashing success now and, and even has a mail order business where you can order stuff online. And I will be ordering mine soon. Get here for Christmas. But she has success beyond her imagination. Well, Janelle redirected her mind from a sense of hopelessness to seeing possibilities. And she moved to even full-fledged belief that, in fact, her vision could be fulfilled, and it was. She put in action the gifts of hope. She put in action her gift of faith. Well, today we're doing a series on Advent. Of course, Advent kind of leads up to Christmas, the mass celebration of the Christ presence, which is that part of God within every one of us or the divine essence that dwells in all of us. And usually hope is the first week of this Advent time. You know, in our tradition and in, in, in unity, you know, we're inspired by this statement that's found in Hebrews 11th chapter in the first verse, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Charles Film, the co-founder of Unity, had this statement said that, that faith is the uh, perceiving power of mind linked with the ability to shape substance, which means that our mind has the ability to look at this infinite something we call out there in the world called ideas and shape them for the way that we want to see them. So as we contemplate both hope and faith as we prepare our hearts and minds for the Christmas season, and I call it that kind of the hope-faith continuum, because when we have that hope, we get glimpses of new possibilities. And these glimpses can inspire us, can redirect us, can motivate us to adopt new ways of thinking and behaving and trying things never thought of before, maybe like contacting a food critic like Janelle did. And when she redirected her faith from the possibility of giving up to the realization that she still had that hope. And as she increased her hope on this continuum, she entered the realm of belief. You know, if I were to sum up the essence of the teachings that we have, it is done unto you as you believe. What do we believe? In fact, just say, I believe. I believe. Some of you all say it like you believe it. I believe. I believe. All right, just take that in. But here's the thing. We can never stop at the level of belief. Because sometimes there is tension between the contradictory beliefs 
And we say on one hand, I believe in the abundant universe, but, you know, we may not like, you know, how things are going at any given moment. You know, maybe we're like Janelle when she only saw two or three or four customers coming and, and the believing starts creeping into anxiety and, and betraying that belief that there is a possibility for her to be successful. Then the way that we resolve such contradictions is to activate and direct our faith faculty. When we direct our faith, we're not judging by appearances. We're not judging by what we can see. We're seeing with right judgment. It means that we often must put our faith in that which we cannot see, but we know in our hearts is possible. There was a, a man who was in the military, and he was sent off to battle. And in this story, he was going through the battlefield, and he would do something very weird. He would stop, and anytime he saw a piece of paper, he'd pick up the piece of paper, look at the piece of paper, and, 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 and then let it go. He'd let it flutter in the wind. And the other soldiers that were with him were saying to each other and their commander, this, this guy's crazy. He's, he's going to get somebody hurt, if not himself. But every day... The man went out to the battlefield. He would do the same thing. He would pick up pieces of paper, look at the piece of paper, release the paper to the wind. And, and others were saying, you know, he needs to have some evaluation. So they sent him to a psychiatrist. And he went there for several sessions with the psychiatrist, and he was sent back to the battlefield. But nothing changed. He was still doing the same thing in the middle of all the mayhem. He continued to pick up pieces of paper and, and read them and then let them go. And finally, I guess those in charge said, this guy is not fit for service. We have to get rid of him. And he gave, then they gave him his discharge papers and he went into the office and handed him the discharge He looked at the paper and said, oh, here it is. Here it is. He believed. He had faith. But understand, the God presence is always saying yes to our deeply held beliefs and our mental states. I believe this is how we commune spiritually with this indescribable presence that we call God. To commune with God is more than uttering a verbal prayer or affirmation. That's always a good start. But we don't want to stop there. We want to be spiritually ready to receive our good through our beliefs and our mental vibrations. The universe does not, I believe, hear language. It hears and reacts to our consciousness. So it's not enough to do all the outer things because spirit responds to what we believe and not necessarily to what we say, even if we say the so-called right words. Put another way, the universe responds by corresponding to our vibration, to our mental state. So you want to ask from time to time, where am I directing my mind? Where am I directing my belief? Where am I directing my faith? You know, a lot of people believe that faith means to have faith in something, to have faith in God. And if we have enough faith in God, God will show up. God will answer our prayers. God will solve our problems. God will meet our needs. And if we're good enough and worthy enough and we have made too many mistakes, God will rescue us. But faith is a spiritual faculty that is already here within us. It is whole. It is complete. 
We have all the faith we're ever going to have or need. So the question really is this. How are we going to direct this faith energy? Sometimes, you know, we direct our faith energy in, oh, I'm not good enough. Or I'm lacking something. Or I'm limited in some way. Or I'm destined to have problems and negative things happen in my life. Or, you know, if I didn't have any bad luck, I would have no luck at all. We put faith in that. So we must ask, are we going to direct it toward lack and limitation, problems and negativity? If so, what shows up is lack, limitation, problems and more negativity. But if we focus our attention on what's possible, then that what will begin to show up in our life. Put another way, are we going to put our faith on the limits or are we going to put our faith on the opportunities? It all goes back to a consciousness, our sum total of our beliefs and feelings and where we focus our faith power. The statement that goes that whether you believe you can or believe you can't, as you know, it says you're right. You know, I was thinking back, uh, and I was, before I knew anything about spiritual stuff or anything like that, I was... I was uh, planning to go to law school, and I had been working for a couple of years and saving up money. And, and uh, just before I went, my father passed away. And so I just kind of left my family that needed, you know, some of the money that I had saved up. And, and I decided, you know, I said, I'm just not going to go, at least not now. I'm just not going to go. And then my sister said, well, why don't you just get in your car and just drive there anyway? I said, well, you ain't got nothing to lose. I guess you just, you know, a couple of tanks of gas and, you know, you know. And so I did. I drove up, went to the powers to be, explained the situation. And what I realized is that there's always resources somewhere. And so I did get the money needed to me to continue on and, and stay there. But here's what I did. I learned something. Oftentimes what we need to do is simply go for what we're seeking to go for. That means we need to decide to go in the direction of the idea that has been revealed to us. And sometimes we think decision and wishing are the same thing, but they're not the same. Because when we decide, when we look at the, the, the fundamental meaning of the word, decide means to cut away anything and everything unlike the certainty of the thing we've decided on. You see, when we make a decision, resources will come from the vision and our purpose. See, we can't always make a decision based upon visible resources. You know, we're not working in the spiritual realm. Decision pulls the invisible out of us. You know, an individual who makes a decision strictly on what they can see oftentimes doesn't go anywhere because they're basing what their actions are on what they can see, what's visible. But when we make a decision, what we're doing, we're making a covenant, we're making an agreement, we're making a contract with our higher self. And the I will show up, the I am will show up, which is the image and likeness of God, which is limitless. So sometimes we can't wait for it to show up or for a sign before we follow what we're supposed to do, because signs often follow our actions, follow our consciousness. They don't always proceed it. So we make a decision, everything works together for our good. We suddenly get signs to go this way, go that way. Serendipitous things begin to happen. And if we, have, if we need to have a particular lump on our head for things to work out, it'll show up on our head. 
Because we've decided. You know, Howard Thurman, who was a mentor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., said that if you have the strength to affirm the high prerogative of your spirit, a host of invisible angels will wing to your defense because in you, God has come into its own. You know, on this hope, faith continuum, we want to leverage our own faith faculty in our lives and in our world and bring the unseen into the visible world. To do that, we have to transform doubt by directing our faith energy to what we want to see in our life and in our world. And of course, we know that doubt often comes up, sneaks up on us, comes in our face. Whenever we strive for something new, something better, something beyond our comfort zone. And doubt recognizes that in those moments when our ambition rises and our faith is directed to that ambition, oh, doubt's very existence is in peril and it might be destroyed. He kind of knows that. So the only thing to do is to try to, it tries to knock us off our path. And, you know, and, and it sings its pessimistic song to us. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, sometimes that song can be unsteadying into our awareness. And we end up getting trapped into a loop of negative thoughts and feelings. You know, but I'm not sure it's time for me to do something different, we might be saying to ourselves. You know, we may say, I'm not sure that person will help me. And they may say no if I ask them for help or favor. I don't know if it's a good idea for me to follow the dreams and the passions of my heart right now. And so doubt begins to prevail whenever the doubting thought turns into words. It could be our words. It could be somebody else's words around us. And they often start with, what if? What if it doesn't work out? What if I can't handle it? What if they don't like me? What if I lose? What if I can't turn back? What if they take advantage of me? And I'm sure that, you know, Janelle, the pottery owner, faced those questions. And I'm sure that people may be coming up and say, girl, you need to go back to your job. But the sages tell us this, that when doubt has a hold on us, we redirect our faith energy to tear away from doubt. Because faith is a deep conviction, a trust and a knowing in our belief about what is true. This conviction comes from choice, and we choose to believe something and hold on to that belief tightly, even in the face of the unknown. You know, appearances have their, you know, have their power and challenges to us. You know, sometimes when we try something, you know, outside of our comfort zone, something new, something different, and people will say, let's be realistic. What they're really saying in code Let's be negative. Let me tell you why this is not going to work. So often we place our faith faculty on the challenges. So that's all that we see. We see the challenges. We see the limitations. We see the people, organizations maybe working against us. Maybe our knee hurts that day and the boss is a jerk. The systems are down. Yes, there are challenges in our three-dimensional world, but there are also always opportunities. There's also new sources of leverage and ideas just waiting to be embraced and where we can give our attention to. 
So we can ask ourselves on a regular basis, where do we direct our faith power? Do we direct it on the limits or do we direct them on the opportunities? Do we direct them on fear or do we direct them on love, which is the most powerful force in the universe? You know, whatever we rehearse and focus on are the ones that shape our attitudes and lead our actions. How many times a day do we think about or announce the limits we face? The people cannot be trusted. The problems that are weighing us down. The challenge with focusing on appearances only is that they always keep us from focusing on the opportunities, on the chance to contribute and to make something better that is beyond our physical eye. So, yeah, we have challenges. We're not going to be unrealistic and say they don't have these bumps in the road, but they, uh, they alert us to opportunities, opportunities that are on the invisible realm that are waiting to be expressed and channeled through us. So as we think about hope, faith, continuum today, I just leave you with this description of faith. And it simply says, when you believe in more in what you don't see, and that's when you believe in that invisible, when you believe in that more than what you do see, what you don't see, you will see. And what you do see, you won't see. You see? <laughs> this this is the power that we have when we utilize our faith faculty. Peace and blessings. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website, at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center